0: This is an audio essay. To read the actual essay, go to mahanmakan.substack.com. The link is in the description on Spotify or whichever platform you're listening on. Oh! If you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it, and this you have the power to evoke at any moment. Marcus Aurelius, Meditations In CBT, the term cognitive distortion is a fancy name for bad thinking, or if you want to be cynical about it, lying. We are constantly confronted with more information than we can handle in the world, so we take mental shortcuts to get to grips with the complexity but often these mental shortcuts have negative consequences for us down the line. CBT is based on the philosophy of Stoicism. The founder, Aaron T. Beck, explicitly references the Stoics in his work, and the Stoics can be summed up by the previous quote, that thinking shapes perception, and by taking control of our thinking, we can become wiser and more virtuous. A cognitive distortion is a type of unproductive thinking that occurs when one does something called mind reading. Mind reading is essentially reflexively inferring what other people are thinking slash feeling with little or no information to do so. We all know the story. Somebody is slightly off with you so you think this must be X, Y, and Z. They think this, that and that and that's what's going on. And you never really honestly ask them what's happening, you make up a story, a theory, an explanation and then probably get upset about it. The story that you are applying to the event is fused to the event in itself, and so you end up confused. In order to become unconfused, you have to take the meaning you are attributing to the situation as a product of your own mind and separate it from reality. This is a painful process. However, if you habitually do it, life could get a little less confusing. These stories that we tell can act like a self-fulfilling prophecy. For instance, you feel someone was off with you, and so you start to infer this change into their behavior and tell a story. You said something they didn't like, or they have some sort of problem with you, when in reality it's something completely different. Now when you're interacting with them, you are thinking about what you could have done wrong, rather than paying attention to them, and so they perceive you as distracted and infer some negative story into your behaviour, and hey presto, drama occurs. And the entire circumstance was created by the story of the events that you were telling to yourself, the meaning you ascribed. CBT and Stoicism is about taking a philosophical pause and reflecting on our impulsive and uncontrolled judgments pushing back and questioning these assumptions to get closer to the truth. In other words, paying attention to the meaning we ascribe to the event and doing the moral work to unwind that meaning toward a more realistic judgment. So how do we avoid mind reading? First, identify what exactly it is you predict the other person's thinking. Sometimes just writing down or saying the prediction out loud can help you see the holes in the logic and get you a little distance from the unhelpful thought. What are the costs and benefits of believing this thought? Although we usually don't think about thoughts in terms of their costs and benefits, they all have costs and benefits. With mind reading, you may think that you are protecting yourself from some bad outcome or some kind of a surprise. These would be benefits. Costs are things like increased anxiety, more self-consciousness, and rumination. Now compare the potential benefits to the actual cost and ask yourself, would you want to buy these thoughts given their price? What is the evidence for and against your thoughts? When we engage in a lot of mind reading, we usually only consider evidence that confirms our predictions. Rarely do we ever pit our assumptions against evidence that steers us away from our predictions. By collecting the evidence for and against our mind reading, you can determine which side has more evidence. And more importantly, consider the quality of the evidence you have. Can you test out the thought? What would need to happen for you to be absolutely convinced? Try it out as an experiment. Trying something new might get you a result you didn't suspect. The true aim of Stoicism I know only one thing, that I know nothing. Socrates. There are three maxims attributed to the Oracle of Delphi. Know thyself, nothing in excess, and certainty is insanity. The Oracle of Delphi was a pillar of wisdom in the ancient Greek world, and the one who proclaimed Socrates was the wisest of all men, and prompted his somewhat shocked statement above. However, once Socrates heard this prophecy, he became possessed with the idea that he should prove that he wasn't wise, and so investigated other supposed wise men. He quickly came to realize that not knowing anything was actually a strength, because none of these other wise men knew anything either, but they believed that they knew things, and hence suffered the evil of double ignorance. In Socratic ethics, all evil is the result of ignorance. People don't willingly do evil. They simply mistake one good for the most important good and then bullshit themselves. The answer to the problem of self-deception, to lying to ourselves, is Socratic self-knowledge. The goal of Stoicism is to become like Socrates, the ideal sage. In becoming like Socrates, the Stoic develops epistemic humility and the ability to hold thoughts and judgments lightly. This doesn't mean to become some sort of pushover and let people just tell you whatever they believe. Socrates died for his convictions and could never be described as somebody like that. But he was deeply in love with pursuing the truth and discovering wisdom, and wasn't afraid to ask tough questions, which eventually led to his death, which he faced very bravely. To become like Socrates is a practice of paying attention to one's thinking and judgments and correcting bad mental habits like mind reading. Stoicism, and philosophy in general, challenges us to catch ourselves in the act of falsifying reality and to make a moral effort to stop doing it out of love for the truth. You might be interested to know that the term philosopher comes from the Greek philosophia and means lover of wisdom, and that love is actually the primary motivational force for the philosopher. Addressing these questions honestly is the start of a new adventure. And all that might start with simply asking better questions of yourself in your mind.